I wanted to have more slides just because I wanted to use what Lisa had made. So now I'm going to do word for word. We're going to follow along. You can read along with me. <laughs> no, um, oh, it's, it's so good to see you all. Um, I know I'm like the sixth person that said it already, but for you guys, it's really, really good to see you. Um, I think this has been a crazy week <laughs> in all regards. Um, so it's nice to kind of all be together and take a breath and just uh, just relax. I imagine for the first time all week, um, I've been to Belarus. There are not many places that I can imagine would be much worse to be stuck in, in a prison <laughs> or in a police office, uh, try, trying to get home. It's, I, I, I couldn't. Um, and then we were trying to plan out today. Uh, while you guys were, you were, st you were still fixing things for here when you were in, in the pits over there. And I just couldn't, couldn't believe it. You were so on the ball, and it was just like, okay, so who's going to do this? Who's going to do this? And so Brian texted me, and, and I knew that this was coming up, but it was a few weeks down the line, and it was later on in the series. But I think uh, that God has a really funny way of timing things. In a week where, as a church and as a family, we've all been worried, sick, and had so much going on with Brian and Anne and with other stuff, with the, with the storms and with, with sicknesses coming into the country, we've had so much going on as Ireland as a whole that um, worry is quite a prevalent part of our lives at the moment. Um, so it is, it's just great to, to be here, and, and I, I really believe as... As short notice as we are, I believe that this is God's time. Um, so, Swap Shop uh, is the new series. Me and Brian were sitting in a coffee shop a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about the preaching schedule for the next couple of months, and he had the idea for, for what he wanted this series to be. And when we were hashing it out, he came across the term Swap Shop, which was something that I hadn't heard of, but he thought it was a great idea. So then I had to go home and Google what a swap shop was. I'm, I'm, I'm too young. Um, so so um, what I've gathered is the swap shop is somewhere that you bring your stuff and then you can take something else that someone else has brought and it's like, it's, it's a nice idea, you know? Um, in modern times, it's become a bit of a hipster thing. You can bring your clothes to like these fancy like kilo vintage stores and you get tokens for whatever you bring and then you use those tokens to bring more stuff home. Usually, uh, I think the idea, hopefully, would be to bring something that you want home in exchange for something that you don't want anymore. Um, so that is Swap Shop and <laughs> there's nothing I don't want more than worry. <laughs> it is my least favorite emotion. It is an emotion that I um, am quite used to. I'm quite an anxious person as a whole. I know you mightn't think that looking at me right now. Um, but I've always been a worrier. Things scare me. Uh, but when I can trust, I find a peace. And so I'm delighted that I get to be the person that gets to preach this topic. Um, you can ask D. I've been stressing since I got told that I was going to have to bring my sermon forward because um, I've been working all week and just with everything that was going on, I was scared that I wouldn't have the time to prep something good. And being the ever-supportive person that she is, she was like, fine, you've got this. And then I came across something on Instagram and it says, 
All week I work on my sermon. And all week my sermon works on me. Um, and there was two things I got from that. One is how nice would it have been to have a week to prepare? <laughs> and two is that that is the most accurate thing I have ever heard. Because through my worry and through all the stress that I have had around preparing a message on worry for trust, I have had to trust God more than I've had to in a long time. Um, it's just, he's got a funny way of turning up at the right time. So, uh, I suppose I'll jump into this. So it's worry for trust. Um, the worry is one of the most common human emotions. It is one of the biggest pains in the backside that you'll ever experience because it will rob you of everything. Uh, the average person spends one hour and 52 minutes a day or 28 days a year or five years of their adult life worrying. The average person, or 84% of people have admitted to losing sleep over worry and the other 16% are liars. Five years of a life is a long, long time. Just to put that into perspective, uh, a couple things you can do with five years. You could go to college, get an undergraduate degree, take a year out to work, and then go back and get your master's degree. Now from experience. <laughs> Another thing you could do is you could finish a full apprenticeship, of course. You could have three kids. If you follow Forrest Gump's route, you could run across America four times. Five years is a long time to waste worrying. And all the worry in the world has never bought anyone a second of time. Worrying will never change anything that's already happened. It won't buy you a second of anything in the future. The only thing it'll do is it'll rob you of your present. Because if worrying bought extra time, I think I'd live forever at this point. And what's worrying us? I, there's no actual statistical breakdown of percentages or what's the most worrying thing. But if you, you go on Google and you get list after list after list of what people worry about. And the most common things are things like the house, the bills, your job, your health, money. And, and <laughs> my favorite one is usually within the top ten, a fear of wasting time is there. But you waste the time worrying. You waste five years worrying, and then you worry about wasting your time. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And as someone who has always suffered with being a worrier, or as we call it in my house, hard air. So if you feel that knot in your chest, and it feels like what you're breathing in is solid, like you're actually trying to swallow cubes, that's hard air, and that's worry. That is how... In the Kelly household, we describe anxiety. Um, my favorite quote of all time, possibly, is worrying only means that you suffer twice. You'll suffer while you're worrying, you'll suffer when it happens. It won't ever change anything. So why do we worry, though? Because God says throughout the entire Bible that we don't need to worry. He says, I've got you. I've got this covered. I will take care of you. Especially in Matthew 6, 25 to 34. So, we know that this is serious because this is Jesus talking now. Because in, if you're reading it in the Bible app, it's in red. And it's like, yo, you need to listen. Jesus is speaking now. So, it starts with, could I 
Sorry, I thank you. Next slide. Thank you. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body and what you will wear. It is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not... Do not, I'm gonna, yeah, sorry. They do not sow or reap or stir, soar away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not so much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? He's got you covered. It just... He says that he will take care of everything, and he means it. God, by his very nature, can't lie. He will bring you the food, he will bring you the clothes, he will bring you the the, the diagnosis that you need. He will bring you home from Belarus. He will get you to an airport in Frankfurt where you know you've got the EU on your side. When you're sitting in your house and you're up at night thinking, where is the next paycheck coming from? What if I get sick? What if it's terminal? Who will look after them when I'm gone? How am I going to get home? Matthew says, Jesus said, this is a direct quote from the horse's mouth. Jesus says, he's got this. And he will take care of you because you are his children. The grass is here today and gone tomorrow, and yet God still takes care of it. And you are so much more permanent than they, so much more important, so much more long-lasting so what have you got to worry about? And I know, please don't think I'm, I'm discounting worries because if you're sitting here thinking, well, Jordan, you don't get it. I do. I promise you I do. If you've worried it, I've worried it. And I've probably worried it to the point of getting sick. <laughs> I know what it's like to be scared. I know how hard it can be to put your trust in something when all you can think of is the catastrophe that might come. But the most, one of the most popular worship songs in Ireland at the moment, uh, and we sing it here. We didn't sing it today, but we sing it here a lot. And it says, even when I don't see it, you're working. And he never stops working. Never stops working for us. And we just have to go back to that repeatedly it's not like a swap shop isn't like a netflix subscription it doesn't auto renew you don't go once and then you've got everything fixed you go when you need to bring something and you need to take something away but then next month you might need to bring something and take it away again you just you need to be willing to go back to where you need to go you need to be willing to lay your worries on the counter and be like god i need a bit of trust I need a little bit of faith today. Because he's not going to run you out of the swap shop. 
He's not going to be like, no, no, no more. I'm out of trust. No more stock. Actually, I have enough worry today. You know, Simon, before you, he came in, he had a lot of worry. Next week, maybe. God has offered us that we don't need to be anxious about anything, but with prayer and petition, that we can bring it all before him and lay it at the foot of the cross. Anxiety is actually a pretty common theme in the Bible. And even Jesus feels it when he's in the garden and he knows he's going to be crucified. He's, he's worried. You know? And that's a proper worry. Like, that's not a, oh, does this person like me? I wonder am I going to get the promotion? No, that's it. I'm going to get nailed to a cross and die for the sins of the world kind of worry. God says he's got this. And we need to just trust in that. Uh, I like to read the Bible and try and find myself in it. And I, there, there's different parts where I, I see different people and I, 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 de- I hopefully recognize myself. And it's not always good. Um, in the gospel, I, I, I see a lot of Peter in myself. Um, Peter's my man mostly because he kind of sucks sometimes. Um, Peter was Jesus' right-hand man, and he was great. And like, he was like, when, when, he was, when he was kicking about with Jesus, he was in great form, and he was like, yeah, I'll cut off an ear for Jesus. And he was like super up there. He was like, I'm, I'm like extra saved. And then when Jesus isn't around, he's like, ah, you know, little schoolgirl asks him, is he a follower of Jesus? And he's like, nah, I don't know him. And <laughs> I think that's a... I think we can all see a little bit of Peter in ourselves every now and again when it's, it's really easy to be all super holy and I, I trust in God and I know he's going to fix this on a Sunday when we're surrounded by other people that believe that. But what about the Tuesday when you're sitting at home, the kids are in school and you're crying because you don't know what you're going to do next week for money? What about when you're sitting in the hospital waiting room not knowing whether or not they're going to come out and tell you it's cancer? What about... If you just don't know what tomorrow's going to bring and you're stressed about that uncertainty, because I know I'm like that, I don't need to worry about tomorrow. There's nothing directly going to affect me, but I get worried because I don't know what's going to happen. And that's kind of like Peter, and that's why I love Peter. Peter's, pretty, pr- Peter's probably the apostle that's most like us, in my opinion. I think he's a great guy. But he messes up, you know, and so do we. But I also think that Peter has one of the best overcomings of anxiety in the whole gospel. Um, so in Matthew 14, 28 to 33, the disciples are out on the lake and Jesus comes back. and he, So he's been crucified and he's risen again and this is where we're at. And so... So Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus says, come. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. So at this point in time, Jesus is standing in front of him, and Peter is performing a miracle through Jesus. So Peter is mid-miracle, and he gets hit with anxiety. He gets hit with the worry. Because, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, Lord, save me. I've been sinking in anxiety. 
I have sank beneath the waves of worry. When you start worrying, um, and I've spent a long time just for myself trying to figure out ways to verbalize what worry is in my own life or how I feel in my brain when I'm worried. And the best way I can think of is it's like a spiral. And once you get into the spiral, it just keeps going down and down and tighter. And you, can't, and you feel like you can't claw your way back out of the spiral. And I imagine that's what it must have felt like for Peter when he was drowning. But here's the changing point. And this is, this is there, there's always a turning point in the story. Could we go? Or, yeah, yeah, so this one's fine. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? Peter cried out for Jesus, and Jesus' hand was already there pulling him out. Peter never thought that Jesus wasn't going to save him. He knew that Jesus wouldn't let him down. When we were planning for this week, we were talking, so I, we, we had decided that I would be preaching. But as you all know, I am the kids' pastor, and so I had to have someone to do kids. <laughs> Anne offered to do kids. <laughs> Anne was still stuck in Belarus at this time. And through all the texts, through all the Facebook posts, through all the communication of the chaos that was this week, Anne and Brian never once said, please pray that God gets us out of this. They never said, please pray that this will be okay. All they asked was, please pray that God hurries this up. Because they knew that he, was, he had it sorted. They swapped out their worry for trust. And that's what made that week bearable. Because a week of worry, when you're stuck in a country that you, is not your own, blame for something that you didn't do, in pain, not knowing what's next. A week of worry feels a lot longer than a week. There's no shame in worry, but there's a triumph in trust. Peter got to perform a miracle because he trusted in Jesus. Peter is the only other person in the Bible that got to walk on water outside of Jesus. And he got to do that because when Jesus said, come, he came. Because he didn't think, what if I sink? He didn't think, I can't swim. He thought, I'm okay. Because I'm putting my trust in the one that promised me. And you don't have to have that shame in, in bringing your, your worries to God. You don't, like, there's no worry too small for God. I think... Um, in all my time in churches and stuff growing up, I, I always see people and they have these amazing stories of how God turned around a massive moment in their life. And then I think people get this weird idea in their head that you can't come to him with the small moments. You can go to God and be like, I need help on this exam. I need help just getting out of bed in the morning. I don't want to face the people that I work with today. Jesus help me. There's no shame and worry, but there is a triumph in trust. 
God wants all your worries. That's why he came. He came to take the crap, the stuff that we can't deal with on our own. And in exchange, we can trust in him. And when you trust in him, you get a peace that passes all understanding. When we open ourselves to trusting in Jesus, we can do things that we never thought possible. We can do things that, by all accounts, shouldn't be possible. Jesus has promised us that he's going to take care of us from start to finish and everywhere in between, and even after the finish. We've already fought the fight and won. We're just living out the aftermath now, and we just need to trust in him. We are literally too blessed to be stressed. So, I just really want you guys to know that, that there's, a, there's a counter there waiting for you to swap over your worries for stress. Jesus is waiting there with open arms and a full pocket full of trust, and he wants to give it to you. And if you're worried right now, or ever, find someone that'll pray with you. Pray on your own. You know, you don't need, you have a direct line to Jesus. You don't need to wait for a Sunday for the altar call. You don't need to wait for me or Brian or John and Mary or anyone to come and preach a message or to pray with you. You don't need us. You've got Jesus. But I'm very aware of the power of a Sunday service and just making that declaration for yourself. So John and Mary, if you guys would come up, I would love if we could just close out in prayer. And if you have those anxieties, if you have that worry, if you want to come to the counter and get some trust, please feel free. John and Mary would be delighted to pray with you. I would be delighted to pray with you. So I'm just going to close out this, this sermon in prayer and then um, if we could have a bit of, bit of music in the background or something and then... Um, if you want to come and get prayer, come and get prayer. But this has been amazing, guys. I, welcome back. It's so good to have that trust. There was never a moment where we were worried about whether or not things would be okay. By all accounts, it shouldn't have been okay. But when you replace your worry for trust, things change in a way that you couldn't even begin to imagine. Father God thank you so much for today I thank you for this church I thank you that you brought Anne and Brian and the rest of the team home safe I thank you that your pocket is endlessly full of trust that you're willing to swap us for our worries and our anxieties I thank you that, that when we trust in you that all else is, is not everything else is sorted it's all taken care of in your name, Jesus. Lord, I pray that just if there's anyone here right now that is weighed down with the weight of worry, that they will bring it to you and, and they, will, they will leave here today with a, with a fresh sense of trust, with a new revival of, of their faith that you've got it covered. And Lord, I just pray, I thank you in advance for all the worries that you're going to just squash today and in the coming weeks, Jesus. Lord, I pray that the rest of this series is fantastic. And I just pray that, that we, we keep coming to you continuously to, 
to change out the negative for the positive, for your positive, Father. Lord, I just pray for every person in this building and every person in Crumlin and every person in Dublin. I just pray that you will continue to touch their lives in a way that no one else can. Lord, I, today we're, we're, we're coming to you as a church and we're handing over any worries we have and we're swapping them out for trust. In Jesus' name, amen.